But we've been talking about connected. Um, last week we were talking about connected to God. We've been over, uh, going over that for two or three straight weeks, trying to understand this, how do we really connect? And the start is through God. You cannot get that one out of place. Your first step to getting connected um, to church, to your walk as a Christian, is to connect to God. And we've learned that we've got to be connected to the vine. And who is the vine? Jesus. Who's the vine? Jesus says, I am the vine, we are the branches, and that God the Father is the vine dresser. We've also learned from John chapter 1 that Jesus is the Word. God, Jesus is the Word. So in order for us to connect to the vine, what do we have to connect to? The Word. Now, I was telling the prayer team in there earlier, I've ran across an, a quote that I've really kind of locked on to. It's by Stephen Covey. And he says, to learn and not to do, to learn and not to do is not to learn. To know and not to do is not to know. We can come in here and we can take the Word of God. Even me, in, in my Bible reading and my studying, I can study and learn these things. But if I don't do them, I don't reap the benefits of what that Word says. I've got to do. So I want to encourage you again. If you've maybe fallen short this week or over the last few weeks of getting connected to the vine, get connected. Start there. You're trying to make all these other things work with the wrong connection. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. So we've got to connect to the vine. Ronald Reagan was once given a, a thousand-page report by one of his top leaders, and he just said to him, and he was well-known for saying this, Ronald Reagan, uh, hopefully everybody knows he used to be our president. If you ever watched Jay Leno and Jaywalking, they'd ask simple questions and no one could ever answer it. I'm sure people answered it right. They just edited it out to all the people that couldn't answer it right. But I'm sure you would all get it right. Yeah. Ronald Reagan, one of our presidents, um, was once given this huge, huge report. He said, that's so good. I'm so thankful you've done all this work. Now I want you to go summarize it down to one page. And he was well known for, for doing that. You know, I'm sure everything in there is very important. Can you just give me the summary? Well, Jesus was confronted on something very similar. Someone came up to Jesus and said, all right, we got the word here. We've got these commandments. We've got the law. Can you give me the cliff notes of the law? If you had to summarize it into one sentence or a couple sentences, what would it be? And Jesus didn't go into teacher mode and give him a thousand-page document. He said, okay, I can. Do you know what he said? He said in Matthew chapter 20, 22, verse 34. Have you got your Bibles? Matthew 22, verse 34. I want to ask you while you're turning, this is, may sound a little bit rough, I'm not trying to be rough, but have you come to learn or have you come to just go to church? Let's learn. Let's receive. God has a word for you today. Let's receive it. Here we start. You've got an opportunity right now to receive it. Let's receive it. Let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, prepare our hearts for your word. 
we acknowledge that this is your word. We acknowledge that it can change us, that it has the power to change us, and that it is life. And that, Lord, it is even more than that. It is connecting to you. We are connecting to you right now. Now speak to us. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus said, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So, as followers of Christ, is this a standout scripture? Jesus is basically saying everything, everything flows through these two statements, loving God and loving each other. Okay, if we can all agree there, Jesus summed it up into one word, love. Everybody say love. Our Christian walk is loving him and loving each other. We started this series on connected to God. We connect to God by the vine. We know that. But how do we connect if that's the start? We get connected to the word. We let the word connect to our hearts, to our minds, to our spirit, and we follow it. You know, we can say one thing and do something else, but if we do something else, we don't really believe what we're saying. But there are things in your heart that you follow because your parents taught it to you, because school teachers taught it to you, because the world has taught it to you. But this teaching of God has got to get in, in so much that we don't even have to think about it. It is the way we live. That's when you're really connected in heart, in soul. In spirit, not in mouth. Not just in your mouth. Scripture says you say these things with your words, but your actions don't follow it. So, we need to follow it. Connect to God. And it says that if we love Jesus, we'll obey him. The real telltale of our love for the Lord is do we obey his word? Ask yourself that question. I say I love the Lord, but do I obey his word? Good question. Now, summing up the law, the entire law can be done by loving God and loving our neighbor. It doesn't say loving our spouse, loving our best friend, loving the people we like. It says loving our neighbor. Look to the person to your right and say, hello, neighbor. <laughs> hey, that was a real short statement. What are y'all doing? Now look to the person on your left. Say, hello, neighbor. Now look at the person in front of you. Hello, neighbor. 
Now look at the people behind you. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> y'all are awesome. I really think I could walk off and y'all just go ahead. Everything will be fine. Now, look up in the balcony. Balcony, look down here. Hello, neighbor. Even though it may not seem like, we love the balcony too. So funny. We, buy, we, we get locked in. It's a good Baptist thing. We lock into our pew, and this is our pew. We love people in our pew. We don't love that pew so much, but we love our pew. So y'all need to look beyond the person to your right and left and look way over here at this pew. Say, hello, neighbor. Yeah, we love them too. And we love y'all over here too. We really do. I don't know. Y'all could probably tell me who I talk to most as I preach, but I love you all. You are my neighbor. I'm your neighbor. Anybody here ever had a bad neighbor? That's who he's talking about. Anybody here ever had a good neighbor? Not State Farm. Have you ever had a good neighbor? You're supposed to love them too. Let me ask you this. Are you a good neighbor? Have you ever wondered what your people next to you think of you? You can certainly think of them, what kind of neighbor they are. But what do they think of you? All right. We've got to love our neighbor. We've got to love our lo- love. We've got to love our neighbor. A major key with walking in the Lord Listen to me. A major key of walking with the Lord is loving your neighbor. It's not just about you and God. We like to think it is, but Jesus made it very clear it's not just about you and Him. It's not just about you and Him. It's about you and Him and your neighbor. Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says, Even though we are many individuals, Christ makes us one body and individuals who are connected to each other. The word fellowship we use a lot of times in, in, in church. This word fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia. which means to share in common. It also means becoming one in worshiping and loving and caring and sharing. It's really the requirement that we had to have in VBS. We had to be one or we were going to have a problem. There were too many obstacles to throw us off track. But as long as we were one, let me tell you, not one obstacle got us off track. Now, did, did we have challenges? Of course we did. Had 17 kids in the preschool room. You're talking about a challenge. That's a challenge. Go look at that preschool room and try to fit 17 kids in there. And we got six workers, and the workers are saying, we don't have enough workers. So, I want to encourage you again. We need to build our building. 
We need that building. We need to be able to, to feed the hungry. We need to be able, the Lord to be able to put food in this house and us be able to feed them. During VBS, you can see how stretched we are. We're full, every room. Go into snack, and it is a three-ring circus in there. <laughs> Miss Joni Gale has done that for as long as I can remember, and she does it, and, and Gloria, and just come out with a smile on their face every single time. Those kids get that snack, and let me tell you, Joni Gale knows the story. She knows the heart behind it. And every time I come in, and they always save me a snack, except for one night, which was the best snack. And I was so upset that Gloria did not give me my snack. It's really not funny. It was cinnamon toast, and I don't get cinnamon toast. We don't do cinnamon toast at our house. Now, since, since Gloria and Joni does it, Ruth Ann makes cinnamon toast. But I don't get cinnamon toast. I wanted my snack. And every time I come in and they'd say, you want your snack? Yeah. And they'd say, do you want to hear the story? Yes. And here goes Joni. Bang. Man, how good is that? We're not just giving these kids popcorn. We're giving them the word of God. Give them a can of Jello and showing how we shake, but how God doesn't shake. And these kids come in here shaking. And they leave here standing on a rock. They get a reason to not shake. Mm, that's so good. Worshiping in one, as one. Loving and caring and sharing. And according to Scripture, not loving your neighbor as walking with Christ is not an option. It's not an option. You can't opt out. How many of you like to opt out of stuff? You walk with Christ, you can't opt out of this one. It says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, in heaven. Uh, uh. DC talk, old school music. That if we walk in the light or in fellowship with God, when you walk in the light, you walk in fellowship with God, it causes us to have fellowship with one another. There's no separating the two. If you're really going to follow the Lord, then you're going to have to connect to each other. Or you're not following the Lord. It's good. Then the outcome of this fellowship is the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Look at it from, here, from the uh, uh, New Living Translation. If, I, like this, I like this word. If we are living in the light, walking in the light, living in the light, as God is in the light, if we have fellowship with the Lord, if we are walking with God, walking with His Word, doing His Word, obeying His Word, then the outcome of that will be we will have fellowship with one another because it tells us to. Not only that, He puts it in our hearts to like it, to learn to work at it, and to, and to be successful at it. He also empowers us to be successful in our relationships. He's not pushing us out here to fail, but if you're in the light, you're going to be better equipped because the Lord is in you. You're not walking in the dark in your relationships. You're walking in the light. You're going to have success in the light. I'm going to show you that in just a second. Then the, out, the outcome of walking in the light and having fellowship with each other 
the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sin. Man, that's good. Act 1. Act 1. living in the light. You know what that doesn't say? It doesn't say perfect in the light. Living. Living. Getting out of bed and going. Not staying in your little hole. Going. Making mistakes, stubbing your toe, falling down and getting up and walking. Not perfect. You are, no one is perfect, not perfect in the light, but living, trying, walking, talking, doing, thinking, acting. Act two, fellowship with each other. Fellowship with each other. The result of act one and two is that the blood cleanses us. When you put the word of God, when you put the word of God into action, When you get it in your heart and you put it into action, you know what happens? God's Word is manifested in you. God's Word is performed in you and through you and over you. Scripture tells us that the Father is looking for those who will do His Word so that He can perform it. What does that mean? That means that the promises of God are going to come find you and overtake you. You're in the light. You're in the light. And a big part of this walking and talking is our relationship with each other. Fellowship with each other is an exercise of love bringing us towards spiritual maturity. Fellowship with each other is an exercise of love bringing us towards spiritual maturity. How many of you have to make yourself exercise? Do you know many, many of us, many of you, have to exercise fellowship with each other? You have to decide, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this the right way. I'm just going to make a decision. I don't really want to go to this thing, but I'm going to. I'm going to ride my bike today for 24 minutes. And I'm going to get my heart rate up because I want to live long. I want to be here for my family and I want to keep my weight right. Same thing the Word of God says, you need to exercise your fellowship with one another. So we have to make a decision. I'm going to exercise. This is love acted out. Obeyed, followed. Your relationship with each other is the barometer that measures your spiritual temperature. Did y'all get that? Your love for one another is a measurement of your real spiritual temperature. Your degree of love toward each other is the gauge that shows our love for God. Check it, 1 John 4. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. 
That's a big one to me. If I'm in the light and I'm loving my brother, I'm not going to stumble. It doesn't say challenges aren't going to come and bumps in the road aren't going to come. It says I'm not going to stumble. If I'm walking in the light and I'm walking in fellowship with each other, I am going to get through what I'm facing. Why? Because the entire message of the Lord is encapsulated in my loving the Lord and my loving each other. Man. It's exciting. Walking in the light, act one. Act two, loving our brother. Act one, loving God, loving our brother. Why won't we stumble? As I was talking about the kids and the jello, because if you're walking in the light, as he is in the light, and you're having fellowship with your brother, we're going to talk about that for just a minute. Do you know where your feet are? Your feet are on the rock. It says that if we're loving our brother, we're abiding in him. We're connected to the vine. And there is nothing on this earth that can break that connection. Nothing can. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now, we can separate. We can make decisions to go in different ways. But there is no force out here that can remove me from that. Satan's not that strong. God's kingdom will not be shaken. There is no force that Satan can do to shake me that if I am abiding and my feet are planted on the rock, I will not shake. I'm not on his ground. I'm not on Satan's ground. I'm on God's ground. So, what we do is when we fulfill Act 1 and Act 2 is we get our feet on the rock. It's no wonder why we won't stumble. Challenges will still come. But back to loving one another as proof as our salvation. Look at this, 1 John 3, verse 14. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves, everybody say proves, that we have passed from death to life. But a person who still has no love is still dead. In essence, we we need each other to have a right relationship with God. We are able to see our relationship with God from the reflection of our relationships with our brothers and our sisters. Did y'all hear that? I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over, but I feel like it's so easy for it to just go right over your head. We can see our relationship with God from the reflection of our relationship with each other. What I'm saying is, your relationship with each other is a reflection of your relationship with God. Whew, boy. I don't know about you, but the light is turning on for me. 1 John 4.20 If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person's a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we can't see. All right, brace yourself. If you are struggling with church and with people, you are ultimately struggling with God. You have got to get in the light. 
Pastor, I have problems with all the people around me. Okay. I would encourage you to, to halt. Halt on those relationship interactions for just a moment and connect to the Word. Get connected to the Word. Get your spirit connected to the Word. Get your head connected to the Word. Get your heart connected to the Word. And I promise you, there will be a right way to walk out these relationships. Walking them without the Lord, forget it. I can't get along with myself. I literally will argue with myself if I don't have the Lord. If I have the Lord, I can get along. It still is an effort. I still have to work very hard at it, and I still fail a lot. Those close to me know. Dude, I know. You, you do. You're right. But as long as I am walking in the light, and I am interacting, and I'm trying, God, all i got to do is live in the light. I don't have to be perfect in the light. I just have to live in the light. Ephesians 4.25. What this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we are all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. I was battling this morning. I, this happens almost every week. I, I start telling the Lord, Lord, I want today to be fun. I want to have fun. I'm, 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 a, I'm a D mainly and a C. And everyone would say in those personalities, I don't, I'm not, don't let me in charge of the fun. Get the I's and the S's in charge of the fun. Um, but I, I'm even this morning praying, Lord, I want it to be fun. And then I'm thinking, oh, man, this message today is about others. And getting along with others. And you know what? The word should, should rub us. It, it should have a, a big enough effect on us that we want to change. And fun doesn't really do that. I'm not saying we can't have fun. I love to have fun. But I need, I need truth. And truth usually hurts a little. Because it's going against what I thought was truth. I thought the way I was walking was truth. But when the Word of God really hits me, sometimes it's got an edge to it. Mm. Pastor, I want to have fun too. This is no fun at all. Yes, it is. You just don't know it. You just can't see it. This learning to walk with each other is going to be fun. It's going to be so fulfilling. Our relationships are to be fulfilling, even those that you may be challenged with. It says in Romans 15, You will all be joined together and you will give glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ accepted you, so you should accept each other, which, which will bring glory to God. When we walk in the light, we recognize Christ accepted us, just like we were. I didn't have to fix myself. I didn't have to do anything. He took me just like I am. And when we really allow the love of God to get into our heart, we start to see, brothers and sisters, 
that have issues, but that are accepted and that have value and have a place and literally have a place in my life. Not just a place in the church. Yeah, they've got that place. Let them stay in that place. I can love my neighbor as long as they're over there. No, there's a place with you. There's a place. And only with the Lord's love, only with the Lord showing you who you really are, can we accept each other. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is obviously the basis for the forgiveness of our sins. But the Bible indicates that we cannot have a proper relationship with Christ without having a proper relationship with His body. For instance, the Word tells us that our worship to God is unacceptable unless we make things right with each other. Matthew 5.23, if you bring your gift to the altar but have something wrong with someone else, go get it right. The Lord is saying, stop the worship. Because you have gotten out of the light. It almost becomes a church game. The Lord is saying, you want church? Go get that right. And you know what's pretty wild? It says if a brother has something against you, it's not you have a problem with them. They have a problem with you. Go get it right. Well, I don't have a problem going and telling Justin he's done this to me and I don't like it. I don't like that. You, I don't, but but I've, got to rec- I've got to know you well enough to know I've done something wrong to you. And me come to you. Me, it, me initiate contact. I hurt you right here and I want to make this right. Then your worship is going to have value to God. Think about your neighbor. And can I tell you, personally, I don't do this right a lot. But I'm trying. I got a lot of people that I've done things to, or that they think I've done things to. There's a, there's a difference. Um, but is the relationship broken because of what they think, or because of what I did? Either way, it's broken. And it's hard. But I want you to know the Lord is there the whole time. And man, He is ready to rescue and to redeem and to bless. Just ask you, Lord, to give me the strength and the confidence to continue to walk through these things. So, connecting with each other takes action, takes effort. It's your part. Seek out forgiveness. If your brother has ought against you, go to him. Jesus has expressed that we must be committed to the love of each other in the same way that he was. He stated that, it is, that our love toward each other is the necessary evidence to prove our authenticity as Christians to the world. John 13, I'm almost done. I'm going to close with one other scripture. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this we will all know that you are my disciples, 
if you have love for one another. I want you to know when I stand in front of the Lord, I want the Lord to know I was his disciple. I, want, I don't want it to be in question because of how I behaved with my brothers, whether I really was a Christian. My actions show where my heart is. James 5, 16, there's a benefit to fellowship. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. A key to your healing is to share your struggles with someone else. A key to you being free from bondage is your willingness to share. Confess what you're going through to one another, and He is faithful and just to forgive you. But it's the one another that it takes. And then, not only that, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. That's not confess your sin and hope the person you're, you're confessing to prays for you. No, you confess and you pray. We have all these things that we are supposed to do so that you may be healed. Your willingness to pray for someone is a key to your healing. Anybody see that? And pray for each other so that you, you. I believe that when, when I have an opportunity, and we've had opportunities all week because we've been interacting with each other to pray for each other, and when I pray for you, I believe my healing is released. I don't, sometimes I don't even know what God's healing me from, but that's okay. He's God. He knows. All I've got to do is walk in the light, then I'm not going to stumble. When I confess my struggles to one another, that's a key to my healing. Do you know one of the main steps to getting free of alcoholism is confessing you're an alcoholic? Why is that free, freeing to an alcoholic? Because they are engaging in the Word of God. They are confessing their struggle to one another. It is so good. Every time Elizabeth kind of gets on to me because I'm so, I so want, want response. I'm so looking for not encouragement, but just acknowledgement. Yes, I get that. Yes. We were talking to my, my son last night, and I just was blah, 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 blah. You can imagine I do this here. I don't do that very much, but sometimes I kick into teachy mode. My kids know it. Oh, no, here it comes. 30 minutes later, an hour later, he's done. But I finished, and then Pete reiterated it perfectly. 
And I mean, I just about fell out of my chair. I looked at Elizabeth and I'm like, who are you? I mean, I know you could see some weird emotion over me and over her. I'm like, yes! Because he explained it from from his from his perspective perfectly better than I taught it. And that's what I'm looking for. And Elizabeth will say, and you'll say to me, Pastor, we're getting it. We're just taking it in. Yeah, but I need a pulse. Are we coding? Are you there? Because church, and I'm done. Uh, this is my next closing. This is life-changing. You grab hold of what Jesus said were the two keys to the Word of God, to the law. This is what it's all encapsulated in. You follow that, and the kingdom of God is going to crash in on you. And I want you to know it is life-changing. I don't think that you can grasp how great it can be. Uh, as Pastor Paul was talking, I just want to tell you and I want to encourage you that this morning when I came into praise and worship, and I really wish that I had said it, I felt like kind of maybe, you know, I, I don't know, you know, you get those things in your mind and you think, nah, I don't want to do that. But I did feel like the Lord was saying to me that this was a day of reconciliation. And I just started praying that word in. Um, I didn't give it at that point, but, um, you know, as Pastor Paul has been giving this message, I just feel like it's just really time to forgive each other and to walk in love. And I want to encourage you that if you're holding something, I just want to encourage you to let it go. Um, You know, I took the girls yesterday to see Maleficent. And it's really full of witchcraft. I don't really know that I would really recommend it. Um, and especially if you're really sensitive to that kind of thing. You know, I recognize witchcraft is sin, but I can, I can tell you that there was a message in that movie because, um, well, it's the prequel to Sleeping Beauty. And um, you could see where that wicked witch in Sleeping Beauty that we all know is that bad villainish person where it started in her heart. And you know what? She didn't forgive. And it it spoke to me so much as I sat there and watched that because I thought, you know, and I've been saying this for years, I really think this walk is about forgiving each other and loving each other. Like, I mean, really, it just like put it in a nutshell for me, just forgive people and love people. And sometimes it's hard to do, but like, we just gotta do it. And so I just want to say today that I really think today's a day for reconciliation. And I think a lot of times, really every time, you know what? It starts with us. Like it just starts with us. Somebody's got to be the big girl. Somebody's got to be the big boy. And you just have to say, you know what? I'm just going to forgive. I'm just going to forgive. And I'm just going to let it go. And I'm just going to walk in forgiveness and I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to let it go. And so I just want to encourage you today that if you're sitting here and thinking, you know what, Lord, 
I want to be close to you and I want to be in the light. I want to be in the light as you're in the light. Today's your chance to be in the light. And I just want to say, bring it to the light. Don't sit there with it festering in your heart anymore. Bring it to the light in Jesus' name because you know what? He's good. He loves you. He loves you and He knows. I'm not saying it's right what happened to you, but I'm saying there's forgiveness. There is forgiveness today. And, and so I just want to encourage you, don't sit there and hang on to it anymore. There's reconciliation today. There's reconciliation today. There's reconciliation today. There is reconciliation today. And you know what? When he restores, he does it better than it ever was. Because that's who we serve. That's who we serve. It's better. It is so much better. Thank you, Father. Let's just stand up. Y'all just bow your heads with me. Father, show us in our hearts. Show us in our hearts what needs to be reconciled. Lord, we just ask you to shine the light on us, and we know. And Lord, give us the strength to let go. Give us the strength to trust that you'll catch us and that we can let go of this bitterness and unforgiveness that we've held on to and let restoration start today. Is that you? Do you need to make that first time connection to Jesus? I want you to walk this aisle in just a minute. Do you need to let go of someone and you just can't hardly do it on your own? We want to pray with you. It says that if you will confess that your healing is going to come. It says that we will, if we'll confess and if we'll pray, that we will be healed. Would you let go? Maybe you just want to uh, bring, bring something to the altar. We do hymnals sometimes and just leave it here. Start there. The person you need to go get right may not be here. We'll start with God and forgive that person just between you and the Lord. Start there. Just going to open this altar. Those that are praying with me, y'all come on down. And let's just sing. And church, let's get free. Thank you, Lord.